Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to the Watermark OC Church Sunday Message. Watermark is a generational community that is crazy passionate about starting a conversation about God, your relationships, and authentic love. If you're interested in getting more information, please click the link in the show notes for next steps. Thanks again for listening. It's our hope and prayer that this message would transform your life. So, pastors Bucky and Ben have been doing a series called Worthy, and it culminates this weekend tonight, a good Friday, and then resurrection morning. So, I hope you can be at both. So, Worthy, I have bad news for you. If you have ever thought, I'm not worthy of God's mercy or his love, you're absolutely right. But here's the good news. If you have ever thought, I'm not worthy of God's mercy or love, you're absolutely right. Did you get what I just said there? You have to have the bad news before you get the good. Now, the better news is this, as we talk about the cross of Christ tonight. That heavy weight called the battle for self-worth was conquered, broken, and finished when Jesus said, it is finished. Because our worth is not in us, folks. It's in the work of Jesus that we're going to look at tonight. So we're looking at Matthew's account in chapter 27. It will be on the screen. Let's look at this incredible account that Matthew gives us as an eyewitness of what happened here, starting in verse 51. So Jesus had just cried out with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs also were opened. And many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe, as they should have been, and said, truly, this was the Son of God. Let's pray. Father, we come in the name of the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And like that centurion, we want to be awed by what your word shows us that Jesus did. So open our eyes and ears tonight. Amen. Well, my first response to this is, wow. So let's talk about the curtain. When Jesus said, it is finished, this curtain is torn in two. And folks, we're not talking about something like this. Okay? Uh, I carry a knife. I could probably tear that in two, but Nancy would probably never let me back in the building. So the temple that existed when Jesus was alive was built by Herod, and this curtain was about 60 feet long and about 20 feet high and about almost four inches thick. It took a ton of effort and material to literally weave this thing. And that curtain, that veil, was in front of what was called the Holy of Holies or the Most Holy Place, where only one person in the entire nation of Israel, the high priest, was allowed only one day a year on the Day of Atonement. That's it. That veil, that curtain, 
was designed to keep everyone out from easy access to the presence of the Lord. Everybody with me on this? So I would, take, I would say it took some divine power when Jesus said, it is finished, that veil is just ripped. You've got to realize the ultimate veil that was ripped or torn was the body of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. That's the veil that opened up everything for us. Keep that in mind as we go through these passages here. All right. So what happens here? The, the infinite, the perfect one, invades his own creation. Now there is complete access. There's no separation. And ironically, one of the commentaries, Jameson, Fawcett, and Brown says this. Before Jesus died, it was death to enter into the holy place. After he died, it's death to stay away from it. Everybody hear that? One more time. Before he died, it was death to go through that curtain into the holy place. After he died, there is no curtain. It's death to stay away from him. And Jesus is the way. And his death paid the price and allowed total access for us. So the priest, on the Day of Atonement, Leviticus 16 tells us this, uh, they would select the most spotless lamb they could find. And they would cut its throat, and, and the man had blood all over him in the holy place. And seven times he would take of that blood and sprinkle it all over the holy of holies. Seven times. And every year that happened, once a year, as an atonement for the sins of all of Israel. Well, when Jesus said, it is finished, his blood, beginning in the garden, when he was sweating drops of blood, Luke tells us about that, it's called hematidrosis, to when he said, it is finished, and that blood of the eternal one hit the ground, the veil broke open, it's done. There's no more day of atonement. You can live a life of atonement. Is that good news or what? Come on, man. So we see the, the perfect, the infinite, and this is where worthy comes in, invading the imperfect. Paul tells us in Romans that the creation itself, the whole earth, was laboring under a curse from when Adam fell in the garden, right? And then we see in a minute this bizarre passage about rock splitting this huge earthquake and bodies of believers in the area getting up. And after Jesus resurrected on Holy on Easter Sunday, they're seen walking around in Jerusalem. Bizarre. Bizarre. So the rock splitting symbolically are like the heart of stone that the Old Testament says every human being has. And Ezekiel said, I'm going to make a new covenant. And I'm going to break the heart of stone. I'm going to give everyone a heart of flesh, meaning a spiritual heart that will walk with me. And so we see the incorrupted one, the uncorrupted one, invading the corrupted earth. Now the Jews did not embalm bodies. You had to be buried within 24 hours or you began to stink pretty badly. So these saints that came up out of the tombs, they were kind of corrupted, weren't they, folks? They were, hear the word, worthless. They had nothing to offer. They were of no value. 
But when the infinite, eternal, perfect one, whose name is Jesus, said it is finished, his value, his worth invaded everything, the entire creation. Even the dead in the tombs, in the earth, could not stop becoming alive with the power of his life within him. You like that? That's what's available for you. Remember, you're not worthy of it, never have been, never will be. That's why Jesus did all of this, because we couldn't be worthy. You get the picture, right? Okay, we're going to go and take a look at Hebrews chapter 10, which explains what happened. Jesus is, in the book of Hebrews, explained as the high priest. Remember I told you the high priest only one day a year could go into the Holy of Holies. Hebrews chapter 10, look at what Jesus did here. Let's take a look at this. Verses uh, 16 to 22. Jesus said this, After those days I will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. Now. And then he says, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. more." Remember that battle with self-worth I was telling you about? When Jesus doesn't remember your lawless deeds, why do we? We beat ourselves up and try to figure out where, how worthy we are when it's already done. And God's saying, why are you wasting your time with that? Because that's really what it is. Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. There's nothing I can do to improve my worth or my value. All I do is receive and respond to his grace. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus. Remember the priest couldn't? Now you have confidence to go right into the holy place, the presence of the Lord. How many of you sang either of those two songs the team was doing? Anybody sing? You know what you did? You walked right through the veil, right into the most holy place right before the very presence of the King of Kings. Did you realize that when you were singing? Well, no, man, I just thought I liked the song. We should be awed. By the new and living way that Jesus opened for us through the curtain, that is what, folks? Through his flesh. Now, There it is. Jesus' body being torn is the symbol of that. And look at what else it says then. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, meaning Jesus, who opened the way, let us draw near with a what, folks? True heart in full assurance of faith with our hearts kind of sprinkled clean. With our hearts sprinkled clean, and the word heart there speaks of your soul. From what? An evil conscience. The battle for worth is the battle in the conscience. Am I worthy? Am I not worthy? How do I find my worth? Right? That happens in the soul where the conscience resides. The writer of Hebrews is saying, it's done. It's a done deal. When the high priest, Jesus, tore his body, he cleansed your conscience once and for all. And then he goes on to say, And our bodies, speaking of our entire person, body, mind, and spirit, washed with pure water. Remember that high priest I was telling you about? On the Day of Atonement, before he went into the 
Holy of Holies, he had to wash himself with ceremonially purified water. Or he would get killed going into the Holy of Holies. What the author here is telling us is, this is past tense. You have already been washed. You are already clean. Well, what if I yelled at my wife this week? Okay, don't do that. Ask God's forgiveness. Ask your wife's forgiveness. Or ladies, do the same thing. But remember this. You have already been washed clean. It doesn't all of a sudden make your conscience evil. That is Christian humanism. Don't go down that road. It's a lie. It's deception. The the job is done. There's nothing you can offer. You know what Jesus wants from us? Our love and our worship. How's that? He wants us to love him with all our hearts, and he wants us to worship him. Are we supposed to do great deeds? If he wants us to do them, we will. But it's already done. So I'm going to talk for a minute here as we tie this up about how Jesus did this. So Jesus walked in what is called passive obedience and active obedience. I'm going to read from Romans 5. I'd like to read the whole chapter, but we don't have time. So I'm just going to read verse 17 here. I would encourage you to read through this. Uh, Romans 5, Paul is talking about how all of us died when Adam sinned. Death came to everyone when Adam sinned. In other words, he represented us. He was called the federal head of the human race. It was as if you or I were there taking of that fruit and eating it. We inherited the guilt that Adam earned for us. Can we give him five? I have news for you. If it were you or I, we would have eaten it too, right? So Paul's talking about that. And then he goes on to explain, in the same way that we all died in Adam, we have been raised and made alive in Christ. So let me read this and tell you what it means in verse 17. If because of Adam's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. It's Good Friday. We meditate on the cross. Do you realize if you have trusted Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins as your one and only Savior and way to God the Father, it is as if you were on the cross getting your sins paid for. That's how incredible this is. So the passive obedience of Jesus was when he was in the garden betrayed, When he was in the trial, he was scourged and then nailed to the cross. He allowed them to do it. He just submitted to it. Okay? That is the payment for sin. But there's more that Paul is telling us you and I have. And this is tied to worthy. The act of obedience. Jesus lived a life without sin. He was fully God and fully man. The fully human side of him from the day he was born... Until the day he said, it is finished, he never sinned. He obeyed God's law all the time. All the time. Right? He had no problem with self-worth. Because of that, 
His righteousness that Paul writes about in verse 17 here is transferred or imputed to everyone who believes. That word imputed means legally transferred according to the terms of the covenant. So, you can't get any more worthy than having the transferred righteousness of Jesus Christ recorded in your soul. It is as if you and I always obeyed. Well, wait a minute. How can that be? I never did obey. Exactly. Now you're getting it. It's not about, it's never about at all what I've done to somehow get closer to God. It's totally about what Jesus did from birth to year age 33 and what he did in the Passion Week. The act of obedience for 33 years and then that one week of submitting to those who hated him and suffering a death beyond anything we can comprehend. And so when you say, Lord, I come to you in the name of Jesus. The Holy of Holies is wide open to you. There is no evil recorded or, oh, you know, oh, sure ain't no way, man. You had a bad thought a month ago. I'm not, I'm not letting you in here. Total access forever. If we, if we listen to the lies of the flesh, See, our souls have been totally redeemed. You know what I mean by that? Bought with the price of the blood of Jesus. Regenerated, made new. The flesh, our old tendencies in our body have not. Have you ever noticed any of you getting older here? Bucky, are you? Are you as fast as you used to be? You and I are racing after this. Our bodies are breaking down. We're going to die. It's the one thing that hasn't been redeemed. When Jesus returns the second time, we will get what are called glorified bodies. No artificial knees, no heart problem, no cancer, no nothing, man. But for now, they are breaking down. And so, that is where the tendencies of the flesh, Paul talks about in Galatians 5, the old ways reside. The lust, the selfishness, the ambition, the anger, you name it, okay? Everyone battles with their own stuff. Can you all agree with me on that? Here's the problem. If you look at your flesh, what the devil wants to tell you is that's why you're not worthy. That has nothing to do with my worth. The Bible is very clear. Paul said in Romans 7, oh man, this was the greatest man on earth at the time. He said, You know, I'm really ticked off at myself. This is a a broad paraphrase. He said, the things I don't want to do, I find myself doing. The things I should be doing, I don't do. What is wrong with me? Therefore, I realize that in me, that is in my flesh, there dwells no good thing. My flesh is worthless. So if Paul said our flesh is worthless, why are we trying to find self-worth in the flesh? It doesn't make sense. That is not my soul. And so you're going to battle the flesh. You're going to fight sins. We're all going to do stupid things at times that we regret. I mean, you know what that is? It's called life. Right? Make sense? It's life. That's all it is. But that act of obedience, the record of Jesus, perfect righteousness is in your soul. That's as worthy as you can possibly get. 
I, I, I just can't forgive myself. I don't know if God can forgive me. Look, I don't mean to offend you, but if it does offend you, so what? I'm going to tell you this right now. If you say that, you are insulting that cross. You are saying that blood. I am so special, me, somehow, in the billions and billions of people that have lived, I am so special that that blood wasn't enough for me. Do you want to be that one person? Right? Like when you get to heaven, Jesus say, come here. Everybody, pay attention. I don't want to be that guy. I sin too much. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to fight that battle. I've got enough battles to fight. I am free and I am worthy in Christ. I have his righteousness in me. It will never be taken because it's a legal act. It's a covenant act. And if he were to take it back from me, then he is not God and we are wasting our time. Let's go watch the end of the Yankees game. Right? Good Friday. Two important things. This service and that game. All right. So let's tie this together. Has this been helpful, I hope? Once a year at Watermark, a special opportunity. And I just, I love this service. I wish I had thought of it when we were back east pastoring for 36 years. There is a cross down here with hammers and nails in a bucket and over here. There are communion stations in the four corners of the room. In your seat back right in front of you, in front of every seat, there's a white sheet of paper and there's a pen. I'm going to ask you to take that out right now. Now look, we've been talking about the finished work of the Lord Jesus. We all fight certain battles with the flesh. It might be unbelief over what you've been hearing, like, I, I just, I still just can't believe that God really did this for me. It might be unbelief. It might be a torment you constantly fight over an old sin or an old way, an old pattern in the flesh. It might be a family pattern. It might be the deception of this battle for self-worth that has worn you out, that you can't win. I can save you a lot of money in counseling if you listen to what I'm telling you tonight. Doesn't mean counseling isn't helpful, but when you're looking for self-worth, go to the cross. Find your worth in the work of Jesus. It could be weights that you carry. You just can't shake. Remember those rocks that split? Remember those corrupted, worthless, dead bodies that rose out of the tombs? By the way, I do need to comment. People read that and say, oh, did that really happen? Because Matthew was the only one that recorded that. But I have good news. In the original language manuscripts of Greek, Latin, and Aramaic, that verse is in all of them. And the church fathers in the first, second, and third century all taught that. So yeah, Matthew did put it in there because it did happen. Okay? The power, the power of the blood of Jesus has changed everything. So I'm going to ask you, 
to take this opportunity to go to the cross and then from the cross to the Holy of Holies communion where the bread and the cup are what? That very body and blood that we are commemorating was given for us. It gives you full access to what, folks? The righteousness and worthiness of the Lord Jesus Christ in you. And what do you have to do to earn that? Anybody know the magic word? Nothing. How's that for a good deal? You don't have to do a thing. But he delights in our humility. You take that sheet of paper, be anonymous, put your name on it. I don't care what vile sin, what weight, what deception you have to write down, write it down. Come up here. I'm going to lead us in prayer in a minute after you have time to meditate. You come up and nail that baby there, and you go over into the Holy of Holies. And then, if that isn't enough, the prayer team has been seeking the Lord. There will be prayer team members at each of the four stations. After communion, they are prepared to speak a blessing over you as you walk through the Holy of Holies. So, from your seat to the paper, we pray in a minute to the cross, to the communion table, the presence of the Lord, to the prayer team for his blessing upon you. Take a couple moments right now. pray together. Father, we on paper bring our sins, our torments, our deceptions, our unworthiness before you. And symbolically, when we nail them to the cross, we confess we are dead to those. They have no control over us because of what the Lord Jesus Christ did on that cross. So we submit to you to be open and honest, not to hide. Not to hide like Adam hid from your presence after he sinned. Jesus conquered that. The veil is open. We'd rather be hidden in Christ, not hiding from him. We're not going to stay away. We're going to come to the cross, and then we're going to those tables, and we take of your body and blood symbolically in a renewal of our covenant And we commemorate what Jesus did. And because of that, his worth is in us. We receive the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. We accept it, Father. We say we don't deserve it, but Jesus did it for us. So we gladly receive it in humility. We accept it from this day forward. We don't fight against it anymore. We renew covenant with you. Bless the prayer teams to pour out prophetic blessings on my brothers and sisters here in the name of Jesus. As the band is playing, when you are ready, come on up, nail those, don't hit your finger. Go to the tables. I'm going to ask the prayer teams to get situated and receive the blessing of the Lord. We hope that this message has challenged and encouraged you. If you need prayer, would like to join a small group community, or are interested in partnering with our work throughout Costa Mesa and Orange County, please go to watermarkoc.com. We would love to start a conversation.